Podcast. Hello and welcome to Cape Crisis. I'm your host, Henry Gilbert. That is H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G on Twitter. I'm at 3,000 strong followers now. Yep. 3,004. I remember my first 3,000. You're only, what, like six? You're 6,000 maybe? Still my first 3,000. No, I'm nowhere near six. Okay. Uh -uh. I'm sure you at least passed five. Nah, no one gives a fuck about me. Well, they used to give a fuck about Christopher Antista, my co-host. Uh, 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 me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's just the two of us this week. You and I. We're doing this a bit early, so we can catch, uh, catch mm-hmm. some poop lords at uh, Michael Grimm's house. Well, you can. I, I am You're unable not to make it. it as usual. Yeah, I, I, I don't like Michael Grimm. You, you know, won't make so. it. You won't make it. I like Michael Grimm. I'm you kidding. can make it, but you won't. You don't want to see uh, Bam Margera's Haggard starring Ugh. the late, great Ryan Dunn. How the fuck I know, man. Oh, it looks hilarious. Yeah, that Ryan Dunn stuff makes me sad. Just, uh, eh. But, I mean, that's going to happen to a couple of the, like, the jackass dudes. That's bound to happen to, you have, like, 12 drunks who hurt themselves yes. all the time. But you never would have picked Dunn as the first to die. Yeah, I suppose not. He was the nice one. <laughs> he was the nice He one. was such a nice boy. He was the victimized one. <laughs> yeah, that, I, like... I think uh, closeted, like I am a giant jackass nerd. I love jackass. I am loved it. I know everything about those guys. Uh, no one's ever asked me anything about them. Do you watch Camp Kill Yourself? Uh, what? The you know CK CMKY. Oh CKY, yeah. CKY, CKY. Yeah. yeah, I saw CKY before I saw Jackass. So I was like in the Big Brother tapes, already into that shit. Oh my god, are we derailing from comics? People are going to get mad at us again. I love when, uh, what was it, in one of the first Johnny Knoxville ones, <laughs> they, they repurposed on Jackass, mm-hmm. which was like self-defense training, where he, yeah, he got tased. Himself. He shot himself mm-hmm. in that one. Oh like, yeah, yeah, with a bulletproof vest. Yeah, but they never they never showed that. I, I got, we my buddy bought a taser, mm-hmm. and it seems so bizarre and unhealthy now. I don't even have children, but the idea that we were just standing around in a field, hitting one another with like a... 1200 or 12 million volt I don't know I don't like a taser until uh. we would pass out and fall on the ground and shake and uh, it was it was fantastic and I recommend everybody <laughs> try it I think I've said this what I wouldn't recommend that but it's great because it hurts so much mm-hmm. and it made me realize like, a couple of things about pain pain is like oh this oh this hurts and like while it's the, the shock is going through you it fucking it hurts so much the second the button lets up, no pain. No pain at all. Like, whatever, Like I have to every day remember the kind of pain I felt from being tased. Because it just goes away. It does, it's not like a, a welt on your body. This hurts. And, oh, it hurts all night. I'm sitting here watching a, I'm sitting here watching Eastbound and Down, and it still hurts after this happened. Like, that's not what a taser is. It's over. It felt like a cat biting me in the ribcage uh, really, really hard <laughs> so- for a couple seconds. Uh, you know what, uh, Jackass 2, I think it's great T-O-O. Hmm. I think it's just a great thing to watch. When it was in the theaters, like... It's number two. To watch the first movie in theaters was mm-hmm. just, like, it was one of the funniest. As you get to laugh, like, Jackass was tons of fun to watch with, like, three friends on yes. a couch. And then to do it in, an, in a theater filled with, like, 30, at least 30 people, mm-hmm. like, you know, it's so fucking funny. So funny. And the, man, the... The whole movie's funny. One of my favorite special features in the first movie where they just do like U-Haul roller disco where someone drives around in yeah, a giant U-Haul. Exactly. And then like Bam has to turn to the camera and like, this is a fucking Paramount movie. 
<laughs> and we can't get lights in a car to work at the same time. <laughs> and the movie still doesn't. It's still. I remember Johnny Knoxville said at the end, like, "Yeah, there's some fucking independent movie some assholes poured his life savings to, and then we shoot a bottle rocket out of our ass yeah. for twenty million dollars and make a hundred million dollars in a week." I apologize. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. I also love when they admit, like, uh, see, this is why Jackass is better than other shows about mm. people hurting themselves. They had self awareness. Not like, a Dudesons fan, I'm, I'm guessing. What was the British one where the, like, uh, was they the put it on MTV Norwegian Two? Norwegian one was the Dudesons. Now the, the the MTV Two one, they would like. I remember their big one was they their the, the the horrible one I saw them do was it was four British idiots mm-hmm. and they had like a uh, like almost like a bungee cord esque rubber band. And they'd attach it to your back and they'd pull it back as far as it could go and let it go and it would just slam like into the base of your spine. And like Oh, that hurts so much on camera. <laughs> it's it's like describing a picture on radio. Well, anyway, the uh but the yeah, the the Jackass guys had self awareness, that's mm. what I'm saying. Like when it was made by like Spike Jones, like he's not Spike Jones isn't an idiot. Like he knows yeah, but he knows they're having stupid fun, and that's why it's fun. I think that's it, and, and to tie it back into comics, uh-huh. which I'm going to do gracefully, mm-hmm. is that uh, a, I think a lot of the shit you see on there is stuff is like high fantasy cartoons and shit off comic book pages you see recreated in real life yeah. by people completely unfit to do that, and that's mm-hmm. what makes it funny. Yeah, I mean, as funny as it is to see someone like smack someone else in the face. Mm-hmm. Like, it's also funny to see... A guy in a Superman uh, outfit fall down a flight of stairs. Yeah, or or uh, them, Johnny Knoxville, attach uh, fireworks to roller skates yes. to do rocket yes. skates. Yes, Like, it was all the shit you imagined and as a kid. And that reminds you of what superhero who's the rollerblader in Spider-Man? Uh, oh, Rocket Racer? Uh, sure. Well, he's a, skate- sure. he's a skateboarder with a rocket skateboard. Sure, sure. Rocket Racer. You, you talk to me like I don't know what I'm He fought about, the big wheel. He was uh, he was also African American. It was when in the 1980s they were trying to be like, oh, let's, so be, let's have a hip, cool villain in this one. Yeah, the Cosby Show is the highest rated thing on television. Are you sure you're, we're ready for black people? <laughs> so progressive, uh, Marvel uh, taking me down to Peg Stanley. Hi, I'm Stanley. Oh, <laughs> he sounded extra old in that one. They seem to enjoy my cameos in the movies. I love Stanley. Um, all right, so what have we read? That's what we usually talk about at this point. Uh-oh. Well, what have I read? Uh, so I read some more Batwoman, and mm-hmm. uh, I felt I was a little too harsh to it last week mm-hmm. now in in, ref- in reflection. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're a uh, Batwoman fan, then I read the Elegy Collection, which takes place after the 52 storyline. Uh, J.H. Williams III does all the art on it. Mm-hmm. He's one of the best artists in comic books today. Like, he's really one of my favorites. And I his believe art... your words were, you called it too dikey? No, no. My complaint was... <laughs> my complaint was uh. That, uh, that Greg Rook, I think, is like a fanboy for lesbians. Mm-hmm. And that he... And that... He just overdoes it. Like, it, not overdoes it as in, like, there's too many lesbians in this comic. But just... <laughs> When he go like he wrote one comic, mm-hmm. then he goes on to another comic, and oh, another tough, sexy lesbian's the main character, huh? Goes on to another comic, another tough, sexy lesbian. Mm-hmm. It's it's not that I'm totally like, come on, everybody knows I'm fine with gay main characters. Yeah, problem, your picture with that wrestler. Yeah, I got. I took a picture with Darren. You, Young. That picture legitimized him to me. <laughs> but 
the my problem is when our when writers especially repeat themselves mm-hmm. too much and like it it more so just feels like he's falling into a trope that he overuses. It's weird, but I would imagine as he moves up the comic ladder, mm-hmm. that's what people want to employ him to do. You had yeah. some success here with this character mm-hmm. of a got like, any more lesbians for us? Got, <laughs> yes. Yeah, well, I'm like, uh, oh, and the intro, too, was written by Rachel Maddow as well. Was it really? Mm-hmm. Most famous of the Pink Triangles. Eh, no, come on. Like, she's... Oh, Ellen DeGeneres. She's Ellen a bad... All right, uh, how many famous lesbians are there? Anne Hayes, she's the most famous. <laughs> is Ellen, there's Rachel Maddow. Rosie O'Donnell. Rosie O'D. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Sandra Bernhardt. Louis Anderson. And... Uh, uh, wouldn't that make you sad that one time when Louis Anderson, like, got caught... Molesting some dude. Well, not, oh, no, did he? I didn't know that. Well, not mole- wow. well, yeah, a guy, a male stripper sued him for being too forward. Oh, and, no. And so, Louis Anderson, like, it was one of those sad coming out things where Louis Anderson was just like, I was having too much fun and I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm very well, sorry. Oh, well, same yeah. with, like, what happened to Billie Jean King that she, mm-hmm. uh, like, you know, she was married to a dude, and then... I don't think I know who that is. The famous uh, tennis lady with the glasses and the short black hair. I think I've only heard her name brought up in, like, gay contact. I didn't know she yeah. was famous or anything else. I don't know what she looks like. Uh, well, that's why I worry that Darren Young will be famous only as the gay wrestler now. Yes. Uh, but he's a... Uh, anyway. So, but I came to like it more, like, mm-hmm. they... They did. They really found some interesting things to do with Kathy Kane's character, mm-hmm. and now I'm curious to see. Uh, uh, you know, Greg Rucka leaves DC, and J.H. Williams takes over the book as writer and artist. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious to see how that's going to go with uh, with Williams as the writer. I don't think he's ever really written before, but uh, but yeah. So it's it is a good book. It is a good book. I still I definitely stand by what I say with Wonder Woman that I don't like that. Everybody talks just too cleverly. Like they just mm-hmm. they 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 read like that someone wrote a script for them and they're reading it. Like that's that's what I don't like. I like that in other things. Like hey, look, you watch a Tarantino movie, you watch sure. a Kevin Smith movie, uh, read they, a Carl Barks Donald Duck comic. Yeah, they are very obviously like it's not natural. Like mm-hmm. you, yeah. That's lo- why I'm sort of like giving this look. Like I don't, uh-huh. but. But in, I don't know, in the flavor of this comic, I just don't like it. All right. But, well, I'm not going to read it now. I hope okay, you're happy. Good. Wait, are there still, uh, is there still a good way to get a DC trade digitally? Is that still happening? Well, I mean, it's Kindle? on Kindle for like nine bucks, I think, for the first six issues. Well, Amazon like, generally discounts the Kindle editions and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But they just get them late. Like, it's, uh, late is fine. No, you should, what else have you been reading? Um, I'll get into my... When I read uh, Fatal Volume Three, been oh. really enjoying that, and um, so behind in Fatal. Jeez, uh, and I also read the first issue of Infinity and mm-hmm. uh, did not like it. Felt it was, was I not wrong when I said nah, I read that preview and yeah. it's too fucking spacey. It's too spacey, but it's also just boring. And it's it's kind it, of and it's not that it's too spacey. It's written exactly like. Baby's first medieval, fi- like everybody is filled with chivalry and pomp mm. and regalness. Yeah, it's all the space diplomacy. Yes. And look at this world I'm building around me by mentioning all these proper nouns that you've mm. never heard of. Yeah, the space, the the see how important this is because it affects nothing you've ever read about. The Regulus from Quantify Four yes. had never from known from Rigel Four. 
He had never known good nor evil. He had only known the qual. No, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like classic comic crap when I remember opening up like a bunch of 70s and 80s comics. Like, I can't get into this horse shit. Because like, I could easily... Well, not enough happens in it either. I yeah. also just like... I hate that. I hate... I've, I've seen I plenty of writers who, who, who jump off like, I want to create a universe more than I want to create a story. Mm-hmm. And that really, that's really obnoxious. Well, I also think John Hickman has a bad habit of uh, of just of, of I don't know what's talking shit about Hickman it is John Hick- well yeah he's he's been leading up back. to this in Avengers he's been leading up to it in Avengers and New Avengers mm-hmm. and actually that was another turn off for me that when I finished Infinity Book 1 it had reading order and like there are tie-ins to it but like New Avengers and Avengers are are like basically on the level of a, of an issue of Infinity, like they're part of the story, huh. and you gotta read them to keep up with it. I, I did, I did get um everything di- every everything dies finally the first volume uh-huh. of New Avengers. I like that. I have been liking it so far. What I liked most about it is that like really it's a Black Panther comic in my mind. It like, is, but it's also like it is also this weird subshoot. It's it's not talked about in the other comics, this Illuminati thing yeah. that all those leaders went well, for. Well, they just cut Captain America out of it. Like, mm-hmm. that's a very dark scene. And, mm-hmm. like, I also, I, there's something, uh, it kind of reminds me of, uh, of Star Trek in mm-hmm. a way because you have these regal men making impossible decisions mm-hmm. and there's a lot of politicking and discussion and all yes. that, which can suck in some books, but I, I think it at least works in New Avengers. Every time I read it, like they open up with Black Panther's opinion on the whole matter, and it's mm-hmm. it just seems like, well, this is the illusion of why you think things like this work. Yeah. When I liked him in the uh, in the first... Even though they are splitting up Infinity Gems. I like him in the first issue where he, like, it's the flashback to him turning down membership in yeah. the Illuminati. Where he's just like, no, you guys can't rule the world. No, and who is to decide this? You? And then you, the <laughs> Well, and then the moment where he's like looking at the doomsday weapon that he's about yep. to blow up a planet with, and he's like, I'm, I'm remembering the man I used to be. Mm. You know? And it was cool shit like that. And Black Panther's just a badass. Like, mm. I love Black Panther. But, and I also like the beast in the book, mm. but... I just got to that part where he's now this Professor Xavier. He's Xavier spot, yeah. Mm-hmm. But meanwhile, like, Black Bolt is nothing in it. Uh, like Namor. Why is he important? Are they just introduce, reintroducing Inhumans? Well, the Inhumans are actually very important to Infinity. Like, I don't know if I mentioned it last week, but Matt Fraction is leaving the Fantastic Four books to write Inhumans yeah. post-Infinity. And so... Why are we resurrecting the Inhumans? Well, I mean, they're always just around. And, like, I wonder if Marvel really has... hard to take them seriously. I know. They're, they're silly, but I, like... I like Black Bolt, but honestly. he's really like he's, silly. He can't even talk. Yeah, well, because his ma- his words are that strong. Exactly. And Medusa has. But crazy that's the thing. Hair. Like, like you line him up next to the other people. Mister Fantastic, super powered, one of the most genius minds on the planet. Mm-hmm. Doctor Strange has connections with the other world. Um, who else we had? Tony Stark, technological mm-hmm. genius. Black Bolt. His voice hurts people. <laughs> well, it's really that he's the king of a, I, of a race. Of a race like, of people they don't want to call the X-Men. Yeah. I wonder if they're doing it. I wonder if the Inhumans are part of the Fox Fantastic Four deal. Ooh, or if do you think so? Or if they're part of Marvel. I don't know. I feel like if they're building up it's the entirely Inhumans. entirely possible. 
And if they're building up the Inhumans, that makes me think they that Marvel owns huh. them and could do a movie. I guess with I them. never thought of it as in like the stuff that may still lie at Sony and Fox are the last of the mainstream grounded Marvel heroes, and that mm-hmm. maybe all they have to work with are the silly space <laughs> stuff. Yeah, no, the they, well, stuff. Because, yeah, Marvel. Marvel was in a bad way, so they sold off all their most popular stuff, and that was their most grounded guys. And I think, in a way, Marvel ended up being lucky that Avengers were not popular in the year 2000, or up to 2004. Like, the Avengers weren't popular until Iron Man made them popular. Like, I never thought an Iron Man movie would be successful, let alone one of the most successful films of all time. I like how people are talking about that now. Like, Iron Man never should have been successful. No way! Like he, I thought he, I loved Iron Man, but I thought he was way too weird. You know what? I actually same with Cap. Have with a Thor. tough time with Iron Man solo comics. Eh, it depends. I loved Matt, Fra- Matt Fraction's run ruled. I could not get into it. That's too bad. And I mean, that's after like five issues. I could not hmm. get into it. Well, what did you read? Me, probably nothing. No, <laughs> I, I read, I read the new Avenger stuff. Um, some Walking Dead again, like that was sort of the issue that I wanted to talk about here. Uh huh. Um, well, well, one, I've been really busy lately. Mm-hmm. I don't want to throw that on the podcast. That's not on you guys listening. Uh, but they, well, I've never heard us say we were busy. Before. But but more 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 importantly, it, it ends up me having to read, try and read a single issue with the last moments of consciousness of my day. <laughs> and it's That's not that I can't it. do that. It just we started this show and I, I have a, a comic renaissance. I'm I'm reading up on things. I, I can in, indulge in all these collections that I can get for a relatively cheap price. Mm-hmm. Um, that is all gone. There are no more cheap collections. There are no more. That that sort of feels. You hit like. a wall. I've sort of hit a wall. I can't like I'm trying to get my money a little better in like four dollars an issue for all the shit I was reading. When like it's a there's a month in between, I have to hold on to the last issue so I can remember what the fuck happened because it's totally gone. Yeah, part of the reason why I don't want to do a monthly show, <laughs> uh, I, I cannot remember. Like it, it, it's not part of my life at that point. It's just something. It, it's like reading something on a bathroom wall. And I, I did, I did like binging on collections. Yeah, yeah, that was even a five issue cycle, and that's that's like kind of lost to me. That was kind of how I felt. Well, like really, fifteen years ago, when mm-hmm. I really started getting into comics, that there were a million comics in front of me, mm-hmm. and and then it came to a point where I read everything, right? Everything easy to find anyway, or, or relatively available. Like, there's always underground comics you've never heard. Sure, of. yeah, like, and you but, can but go searching those out. That's but. my plea to our audience this week: uh, Twitter.com/slash Cantista or uh, Facebook.com/slash What. Huh. Antista. That's right. Yeah. I got the whole fucking thing. A whole surname is mine. Wow. Uh, yeah. Take that Claudio Antista in Italy. He befriended <laughs> me recently. Um, uh, yeah. But uh, please send me recommendations on digitally available collections because that I. It's very difficult to wade through the the, the Comicsology app. One, no DC collections, and mm-hmm. I think that's part of like my lack of DC conversation here. Is because they're not available on Comicsology via collections. I know they're available via Amazon. They're on Kindle, yeah. Kindle and you quit your Kindle. No, but I the, the Kindle app does it's not it. Good. It's not. No, it's very not. It's very not good. Yeah. It's it's well, just Comicsology is so fucking great and mm. so fast and so sleek and the, nice. Well, I reading, do like the I do like the what do you call it? 
the uh, not the motion view, but the comic guided view. view. The guided view. I do like the guided view. Well, you know, in the comics on Kindle, like mm-hmm. they look good on Kindle Fire, but yeah, on the they Kindle... look terrible on iPad. Yeah, you know, on the, the Kindle app is not good. They look terrible, and like those little things that Comicsology does to like. I'm going to invert the borders to a certain color to set off what's happening. Mm-hmm. Whereas Kindle is this horrible crop with like half the balloon missing. <laughs> and then by the time, like they always, like they even make it a point to like, with the characters talking, we'll keep his face in frame. Mm-hmm. None of that shit with Kindle. It's like, I don't know. I could, I could probably write an article about it or uh, espouse on a podcast, but you're all bored already. But I don't like the guided view in Kindle at all. I think it sucks. I hear you, I hear you. But and they are cheaper than comics all. It, it's just, well, it's just a matter that I don't browse the, like, you can't even fucking browse the store mm-hmm. within the Kindle app on Yeah, iPad. it sends you to the webpage or something. No, it doesn't. Like, you just have to go to the webpage. Oh. And, like, Amazon isn't exactly the best page to browse. <laughs> it's not. Yeah, like, yeah. On, on the web. Like, I want DC trades and, like, I get it. I already have you for Vendetta. Like, let it go. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't want that one. Uh, oh, so let's get into Watchmen. A, Stop. Let's go into a little bit of news. I wanted to talk Please. about that. Uh, well, so the uh, Mark Miller, you know, he's uh, he's doing a ton of interviews because mm-hmm. Kickass Two came out, which I've yet to see. Apparently horrible. Well, Jim Carrey told me not to see it. He did. So, you know, I gotta, too much gun I gotta violence. To, gotta listen to Jim Carrey. <laughs> not really. I think Jim Carrey's losing it a little. I, wonder, I, I like that he's losing it. Yeah, because he's a fun. Well, not that I'm at his expense. It's just like he seems like a funny, thoughtful person. Yeah. Well, and, and well, it's also just one of the it's one of the eras of being a movie star. Mm-hmm. Like you, eventually, you go crazy because you're in a crazy world. Being a movie star is crazy, so you go he's nuts. In a crazy world, and what did he say that like I, I agreed to do the movie, and then the Sandy Hook stuff happened, mm-hmm. and I, I just can't condone that level of violence. Sorry, I won't be doing any interviews. And like it was yeah. weird for him to do that on Twitter because normally that would happen behind the scenes. Yeah, but he stuck yeah. to that, and yeah. I can respect that. No, that, it's a respectable choice. It really is. But uh, yeah, it didn't get good reviews. I, I don't know. The, eh, I like I like Kickass better as a comic than as a. I have never read the movie comic. anyway. I love the comic. Well, I really like the comics. Mm-hmm. It is one hundred percent. It's the Mark Milleriest Mark Miller <laughs> thing there is, because. Uh, but what I like most about the comics is, number one, I'm a big fan of John Romita Jr. Mm-hmm. as an artist. And finally, like he'd always been a Spider-Man artist, one of my favorites, but he never got to do anything people really respected. Mm-hmm. So it was cool, or, or something edgy. And so he and he's also credited co-creator on the comics, so you know he's getting paid, Boy, which I like. Where's my fucking cha-ching sound on my I soundboard? I don't know. But, hey, what did uh, you say? He's getting paid? Say it again. Yeah, he's getting paid. See, this is not going to work. Um, but my other, the other thing I like about it is that Mark, like, you can see it in the art. They want it to be as real as possible. When mm-hmm. someone gets shot in the face, bits of their face are falling off and it keeps bleeding. And it, like, bruises and their face deflates kind of in a way. Or when a character gets, say, hung... Mm-hmm. Uh, like shit is dripping down his leg because his bowels loosed while he was killed. Like shit like that happens. So it looks realer to make it feel like, no, this is the real world. This is if superheroes really existed in the real world. And in the real world, when someone gets shot in the knee, they bleed constantly and they don't stop. <laughs> and probably don't walk again. Yeah. 
So I do. Like I do like, and I do like the level of violence in Kick-Ass, mm-hmm. uh, the original movie, and in comics in general. But I didn't think the actor was good for Kick-Ass. I also didn't like that they it's a little milk toast. I also didn't like that they changed the in the first Kick-Ass mm-hmm. that uh, they had him get the get the girl. Like I liked on mm-hmm. the uh, in the comic that the girl was just like like <laughs> it was a funny storyline where the girl thought he was gay. And, like, befriended him. She's like, oh, I want a gay friend. And he has to pretend to be gay just to hang out with her. And it's it's kind of pathetic and funny. And then at the end of the book and so the comic. You. At the end of the book and the comic, he has to say, like, I'm not gay. I've, I'm in love with you. And in the movie, she does the total movie thing. Like, mm. oh, I'm in love with you, too. Bullshit. This is perfect. And, but then in the comic, she's like, Ew, so you've been, you're a fucking liar. You're a liar who's is like too pathetic to to live and <laughs> and just wants to hang out with me. Like fuck you. Like I I thought it was funny that that was her uh. reaction. So, uh, but anyway, why did I talk about Mark Miller? Oh yeah, so he's doing all these interviews mm-hmm. for Kick Ass too. Sure, sure. But all people want to talk about is the fact that he is the steward of the Fox Marvel movie universe now. It's a terrible job, I think. I wouldn't want. Well, to. he's only getting started. Like it's it's just beginning as as Marvel said in 2006 they said they wanted to make an Avengers film and they finally did it in mm-hmm. 2012 so like it takes time and planning to do it right so well let's I I think the only the first one you can consider actually under his his, mm-hmm. his lead is Days of Future Past but sure okay. but he also said that Fantastic Four mm-hmm. is going the reboot of Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm is going to take place in the same universe as the X-Men. Neat. Like, they will exist in the world with mutants. I mean, neat. Uh, well, I mean, this sets up... I don't want two I Marvel if they universes. Can, I wonder if they can, if they're allowed to do as part of their deal with Marvel, like, could they do a Fantastic Four X-Men movie? They have to be able to. Well, I don't know. Oh, no, Marvel, oh, with, yeah, Marvel, with Marvel might say, like, nah, you know... Yeah, Marvel See, I thought says, you were going to say, like, what, can Tony Stark come in, like... Yes, that, oh, yeah, that if should Marvel be a, wanted him yes, to. Mar- yes, that's Marvel's call now, and they should be able to make that call. Yeah, I would wish they'd at least get in the effort of trading characters. It's in like everybody's that. best yeah. interest. Is why I don't understand why it doesn't happen. It's, it's so silly. But, but anyway, so just that they're setting up for a Fantastic Four to meet with the X Men, like that could actually happen, mm-hmm. is is interesting to me. I kind of like that. But where, uh, where are the X Men located now in the in the film universe? It, uh, well, they're still upstate New York? I think they're still Westchester, yeah. Mm. The upstate New York, New York area. New York area. Uh, fucking newsroom. People, I'm sorry we talked about newsroom too much last time, guys. I apologize. Yeah, but, but I still think we got an unfair <laughs> amount of shit for that. Yeah. Uh, we're allowed to deviate. Leave Let's me alone. Let's see here. Oh, so, what? Greg Henry? What? Mm-hmm. Oh, f- I don't know who Greg Henry is, but I know he's a James Gunn regular. Apparently, he's going to be in Guardians yeah, of the Galaxy. Yeah, he... Um, He's the guy who kind of looks like um, a manufactured James Caan. Oh, I think I know what you mean. He's in Slither. Who is he in Slither? Uh, he's the shitty husband. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, that guy, yeah, he employs... He's great. Uh-huh. I just love that James... I like when an, I like when a director has a stable of actors. Yeah, he uses Michael Rooker to. a lot, and uh, he's... He's he great. used Nathan Fillion mm-hmm. a lot too. I, I like. Nathan Fillion should be He yeah. It's too bad that he's too old now. He's apparently. too old for everything until you just also, put him in there. You know, if you want to get really inside, maybe he asked for more money than Chris Pratt. 
Like I think they pull the castle in the situation. I think well, you hear these stories that you know Marvel or Skinflints that they they barely wanted to pay uh, Robert uh, Downey Jr. what he was mm-hmm. worth for making Iron Man Iron Man. Like, I feel like he if he wants fifty million dollars, it is ridiculous that anyone that's, gets paid fifty million dollars to make fictional that's stuff. Ridiculous. But if he helped them make five billion dollars, yes. then give him fifty million dollars. Nobody made five billion dollars, and nobody makes fifty million. I mean, dollars every a movie. if you if you can, I bet if you combined every movie that Tony Stark appeared in, the grosses sure. okay. of those, okay. that's five billion dollars. Sure, and like, and that's just what he's appeared in. Mm. What he like. He was the ambassador of the Marvel movies. Like if he, if he's yeah the movie universe. if he didn't work mm-hmm. in the first Iron Man, there would be no, there wouldn't true. be a Marvel universe. True, true. So yeah, oh, I also speaking of uh, Marvel actors, I read a funny quote that was um, it was Hulk Hogan saying that he wanted Chris Hemsworth <laughs> to play him in a biography movie. Me too, Hulk. Me too. Hey, brother. Hey, brother. Uh, brother. Do you consider ordering yourself up? Maybe shaving the top of your head? <laughs> you look good in yellow. <laughs> All right. Well, that, so... Oh, and one last thing about the movies I read recently was that mm. uh, they know how much... How, like, I think they realize how, just how popular Loki is that mm-hmm. apparently they're doing some last-minute reshoots to get of more scenes for Loki in the upcoming Thor sequel. He was practically writing, writing shotgun in the whole thing. Yeah, apparently it was not enough for him. No, no. Who's no, he no. playing in the, in the Disney thing, Captain Hook? Is he Captain Hook? <laughs> That's, that, that was the... We talked about it last week at D23, and we played the Bare Necessity song that mm-hmm. he sang on stage. Uh, he was playing a character by the name of James. Oh, I see. By the name of James. Did you know, you're paying uh, attention, that's Captain Hook. Do you know it's tradition in the theater for yes, uh, to play for, Mr. Darling mm-hmm. as well? Yep, yeah, in the theater. theater. But if I'm not mistaken, also in the films. where those universes take place, I don't think the Darlings are there. Oh, I see. Yeah, hey. I, don't, I don't think Wendy, Peter, and Michael, which I just said in descending order, <laughs> so, somebody reward me. That's good. Um, yes, thank, thank you, Henry. Thank you, thank you very much. Uh, but yeah, I don't think I don't I don't know if they're a part of that series, and it may just be the Tinkerbell movies, which Ugh. are a big part of Cape Crisis. I know Tinkerbell makes them a lot of money. It's sad. Uh, I just thought it was weird. It was one of those things that John Lasseter put a stop to when he came in. Like, he well, couldn't. They, yeah, well, they were too far along. Uh-huh. There was too much money. In, like he shut down the studio that made the straight to video trash. Yes. And uh, okay, we'll go through with the Tinkerbell movies. But the weirder thing is, is like I was behind that. And again, the weirder thing is that I was wrong. And he was wrong. They were wrong. good? Not that they were good, but like mm-hmm. they've worked out. And like I can see how that character could be a steward to mm-hmm. a fairy universe. That's that's cool. There's a yeah. place for that. It's just not for uh, 30-year-old males. <laughs> yes. Oh, I read this great thing on the Atlantic. I went into the Tinkerbell exhibit in Disneyland and was asked to leave. Because I was, you I was too creepy. Well, it was just like a bunch of big, tall blades of grass. I just like just kept. Fo- I'm just. I'm a weirdo in Disneyland, and <laughs> just kept following back. And then, like you know, there's a little a girl with a short skirt taking a picture of a little with a little girl with a short skirt. Like, where am I? I thought this is the Honey I Shrunk the Kids diorama, <laughs> and they just escorted me out. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. It wasn't well, Honey I Shrunk the Kids? I didn't care. So this is comic book related. It really Got is. It. 
Um, but I read uh, this interesting article in the Atlantic that like every kids movie these days is about the magic feather, as in you want to the the Dumbo. Mm-hmm. Sure. In Dumbo, he's got this thing that he thinks is a liability. He has the magic feather, and he has to overcome his fear, give up the magic feather. Realize the power within himself. And the power within himself. Yes. And the, the guy was complaining that that's every fucking movie. Yes. Now. That's every kid's movie now. I think I read the same that, thing. That he said, like, his big example was that Turbo... And planes are beat for beat the same. The same though. movie, and I remember what they they also said. If it's the same article, they was like, "You want to talk about the death of the working class? Children are being brought up by saying every me yeah. every job they have. I just feel like I'm so much more. Yeah, than this thing. I should be in this thing. I'm better than this. Yes, but also, and the guy also makes a good point that like, so then. This guy just goes like straight to the top level yes. major league, like his mm-hmm. first day. Like all those other guys worked their way up to get there. Mm-hmm. This guy can't go to the fucking minors. Like, yeah, that fucks with kids' heads, I think. And then the guy pointed out it fucked with my head. Yeah. Well then the guy points out in it that you never see a movie like You're a Good Man Charlie Brown, which <laughs> like is sure fucking don't. cruel. Yes. Like why Charlie's a failure. There a we are. Failure. Back at comics. Yeah. Read those fucking things. Those it, two-year chronological books are out right now with great forewords in the beginning. Matt Groening, Garrison Keillor. But I, I hadn't Cronkite. watched the whole... I, the Your Good Man, Charlie Brown, I, I think is... It's a movie, right? That's the first theatrical yeah. movie that mm-hmm. the Schultz and Melendez did. Not to be confused with Brace for Your Life, Charlie Brown. <laughs> uh, is that the... that the, uh, the camp one. Camp one, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But... But the point is that Charlie always loses. But mm-hmm. this one is like the most; it wallows in it the most. Mm-hmm. Like the 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 movie starts with him like failing at everything. Mm-hmm. Then all the girls in school sing a mean song to him called "Failure Face," where they're like saying, <laughs> "Look at you, failure face!" Ha ha ha. Can we close out with "Failure Face"? And yeah, but and as they point out in the thing, when in another movie he would have won the big spelling bee. Mm-hmm. He fails, uh, like his brain just goes blank when it should be Beagle. He owns a Beagle and he can't, he forgets how to he spell it. the one thing you should remember. Yeah, and he loses. And in the, he's in the finals and he loses. And the and then he, there's just a long, quiet scene of him going home, putting on his, like, like walking through this empty streets. No one's there to welcome him. He quietly puts on his pajamas. Just can't stand it. Lays in bed and just stares at the ceiling. And it's just this sad shit. And then, But then, like, Linus shows up the next day and he's like, Yeah, that, was, that sucked, Charlie Brown. But you know what? The world's not over. You can still keep going. You know what? Now that you bring that up, the Linus uh, epilogues always left a bad taste in my mouth. Like, it's not the end of the world, Charlie Brown. Mm-hmm. You're still a good person. Yeah. You didn't, and like the movie's I called like You're the, a Good Man Charlie yeah. Brown just to like mock him further. I I love I love the peanuts. I like that so Linus much. functions as that. I, I do. Yeah. It, it, but he also has to carry on a blanket to control him. Oh yeah. To, Linus has tons people. of problems. And uh yeah. but it's it's more like how cute these characters are portrayed. Like you look at the fucking brochures for Knott's Berry Farms, they're their Mickey. Composed <laughs> of Charlie Brown. The biggest failure in the universe <laughs> who makes a cruel mockery of the world you're being grown into. <laughs> Constantly. Like, I just don't understand how people don't see 
what uh, Peanuts really is. It's a very, very depressed man, like man taking a hyper, slightly cynical, realistic view of all of life. Mm-hmm. And it's not good. <laughs> it's not happy. It's very dark. It's very dark. So good. I played that Valentine's clip over and over again. You can hear all this shit in other podcasts. I love talking about the peanuts in this sense. I was being sarcastic. <laughs> that that Valentine. It's on one of the only things on my YouTube where he just he finally. Oh, you didn't get a Valentine. Here's one. It's like Schroeder walks up. Oh, yeah. Fuck you, Charlie. Darren doesn't deserve your sympathy. You feel bad when you make yourself. You're feel only better. doing it because you feel bad yes. and you want to feel better. He's like, hold it. I'll take it. I'll take. It. And and. Yeah, like to someone who's. I also you you had that great one from. uh, uh, We're gonna take a break in a second, but I want to say this one more. (laughs) You when you reviewed the uh, the second Peanuts Christmas special videotape Mm -hmm. that, and you had this great scene of where Peppermint Patty is dressed as a as a sheep. And then, like, there's just ha 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 ha, like people, everyone laughing at her. Yes, where they, they didn't bother to draw the audience, just mm. the mockery being flung at her. Yes. Oh, God. All right. I remember we, that. When Cards we come back, yeah. I have a comic book secret that had just been revealed to talk about. What? It was mine. It blew my mind when I read about it. If you haven't uh, seen it on my Twitter, I'm going to blow your minds again. And we'll be right back. You're so impossibly dumb. In history books, you're named Ellie Ray. Or else they're bound to call you. Fail your face. Howdy do, folks. Thanks again for listening to episode 62 of Cape Crisis. This is the break, obviously. The part where I say thanks and, and uh, you know, just lovingly hug you listeners with my voice as a thank you for, for listening to this bullshit every week. I really appreciate it. And, uh, hey, five weeks in a row, pretty, pretty, pretty good, I'd have to say. Uh, so if, if you'd like to... Thank us in some small way with a donation. Why? There's just so many ways you can help. Uh, on the lasertimepodcast.com webpage, on the left side, there's a button to PayPal. You can just give us directly any kind of money you feel like you want to give us. It helps keep the gears a turn in here, as does uh, buying a t shirt through the t shirt store. Just go to the t shirt store that's right beneath the PayPal thingy by. One of many t-shirts that are based on all the different Laser Time podcast entities. Or if you uh, would like to just buy something on Amazon and have a little bit of money go our way and no extra charge to you, on the right side of the screen there's all these links to a bunch of products on Amazon. Now if you like those products, you can buy those, but you don't have to. Just click on the link and buy anything through Amazon after you've opened that new tab up. Buy it through that tab and a little bit of money comes our way and it, uh, it really helps us out uh, also if you are listening to this on iTunes and you haven't reviewed us yet come on please 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 I love seeing a new review five stars nice words even just spell out my Twitter name put that in there whatever you want but new reviews 
Again, they really help the visibility of the podcast. So you'd be doing us a big favor if you haven't reviewed us yet and giving us a new review. And lastly, now it's time for the Hank's Corner uh, pick of the week. So what am I going to say here? Well, you know, uh, the killing joke. I'm just going to say it, the killing joke. In the second segment, which uh, we've already recorded, we talk a lot about The Killing Joke, and if you haven't read The Killing Joke, it's kind of spoilery, and I should have said a spoiler warning about The Killing Joke, but I just assume, you know, it's it's one of the most famous Batman comics of the modern era, like, you figure everybody's read it, but if you haven't, now is the perfect time to read it. It's a great, like, some of the best art ever, Brian Boland is one of the best artists ever in comic books, and it, this is a tour de force by him. Written by Alan Moore. It's like the ultimate Batman versus Joker story. So many, so many comics have been uh, inspired by it since. Like, it's such a great book. And once you've read it, then you can listen to the second segment and have the shocking revelation. Or if you've already owned it or you've read it before, this is a new edition, a newer edition that has uh, an improved color uh, layout. At least I prefer it. Uh, so if you want to buy it, just go to the Cape Crisis page for this episode, episode 62. There's a link to it and multiple other comic books that you can buy off Amazon. So please give that a click. All right. And now back to the rest of the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Same Bat Time, Same Bat Channel. WB. Double, 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 WB. You know, we didn't even talk on the WB Kids episode. We didn't even talk about the Dubba Dub Kids. Dubba 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 Dubba. WB. No, no. They, it was Kids Dubba Dubba Dubba. It was like that was, was their thing to say Dubba Dubba. Dubba Dubba WB. Yeah, because. No, Michigan J Frog was the. No, it wasn't because of Michigan J Frog. It was because of one of the Wayans brothers. It was mm. like, hey, in the first year, he said, hey, you're watching kids. Dubba, 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 WB. And it was so popular that by the second year, they m- made a series of commercials that were just all trading on the dubba, but, dubba. I, well, just to plug that episode, mm-hmm. the Warner's cartoon episode from like three episodes of Laser Time ago, uh-huh. uh, we didn't have a Warner Brothers affiliate. So overnight... I oh, lost so Animaniacs, Tiny Toons, yeah. Batman, and apparently there was a Superman show that people enjoyed. <laughs> I wasn't able to see it. Yeah, guys, if you wanted to hear us talk about Batman and Superman a little, well, actually, we did that more in a different episode of Laser Time, but we talk about it some on that one, too. Listen to it, guys. But, speaking of Batman... All right. The important thing I never said on here mm-hmm. about that, that I, 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 it never even occurred to me... We were talking about the on that show. We're talking about the impact more, not how much we love Batman animated series, but the uh-huh. impact of it, how it changed the DC universe. And we just lost Mister Freeze, the voice of Mister Freeze. Oh, that's um, sad. Yeah, he just died like a week or so ago. Nora. Is that um, Bat, Lego Batman is still mm-hmm. hyper prevalent? 
still has stuff going. It has his own movie. Yeah. All Plus, of the Lego Batman designs, mm-hmm. uh, Two Face and Poison Ivy in particular, are animated series. That's just, <laughs> just it. In Lego. And it's they like it's we, but like I've looked at them for so long, except that yeah, that's Two Face and that's mm-hmm. Poison Ivy. That's how they look. They don't look anything like that in anything else. That well, is, yeah. Well, like Two Face more often has purple skin than green skin. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, Poison Ivy has, like, green skin instead of white yeah. skin and red, yeah. No, if you look at the Lego designs, they're on shelves now. Like, that's how far the legacy has gone. Well, it's the same with, like, the Arkham games. The mm-hmm. Batman Arkham games basically are just a little more grown-up Batman the Animated Series. You use like, the same voice actor. Yeah, but I just, and they hired Paul Dini. Paul Dini wrote it. But just that, that kids are buying right now versions of the Animated Series from 1993. Yeah, ninety four was that powerful. It was that powerful, and well, I more think, like ninety two and ninety one. Like I think there. it wasn't. It was summer of ninety two. I think round yeah. returns, and then and then I think um, it is credited Batman the Animated Series with having the most spinoffs of any show. Really, I, I, so I, Happy Days. Um, <laughs> Happy Days. Happy Days had three live action and some cartoons. cartoons. But I think if you're using Kevin Conroy as an example, I see. I see. All the Justice League cartoons in all their forms, even all the Batman forms, Batman and Robin, uh, the animated series, Beyond. All right, well, Chris, I, I want to play something here. Ooh. So speaking of Batman, so Batman, just as a quick preface, have you read the co- the classic Batman comic written by Alan Moore with mm-hmm. art by Brian Boland, The Killing Joke? Yes. I have to. It's, you know, but at a certain point I came to like it a little less because I mm-hmm. thought... Uh, this this Joker is just completely cruel, mm-hmm. and that like him shooting Barbara Gordon and crippling her, mm-hmm. and then like basically raping her with a camera, like photographing her nude, writhing in pain. Like it's like this Joker went so far, like it's unforgivable. Mm-hmm. Like and it darkened the Joker too much, I thought. And I especially on a certain level, it bugged me that at the end of the book, the more I thought about it, I was like. Uh, at the end of the book, him and Joker start laughing like Batman. Yeah, and it, like and Batman laughs. It at ends the, like an episode of Naked Gun. Yeah, like Batman. It's like Batman finally realizes, oh yeah, this is the silliness of this situation. Like we'll always be fighting each other. Mm-hmm. Ha 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 ha. And I thought, the, the when I thought of that, I was like, that any kind of sucks. Now cut to. I've been thinking that for over a decade. Cut to. Uh, recently on the uh, Fat Man on Batman podcast with mm-hmm. Kevin Smith, ta- his comic book podcast, mm-hmm. he has on Graham Morrison, who's a badass wow. of Batman writers. And the killing joke comes up. Mm-hmm. And now I want you to play that YouTube clip. Give this a listen, folks. When it, when you do Batman mainstream to people, come, you say Batman mainstream uh, or Batman comics to the mainstream people. They'll pull like oh Dark Knight Returns or yeah. Arkham Asylum or Killing Joke. Killing Joke, oh Killing Joke's good, and I kind of like Killing Joke. Cause we talk about this, no one gets the end because Batman kills the Joker. No, yes. all right, we didn't talk He's about right. this. Well, we got to okay, let's have Killing Joke hmm. for a second in command here. No, that's what I love about it. It's like no one's noticed like how many thirty years on almost. Batman kills the Joker. That's why it's called the killing joke. The Joker tells the killing joke at the end. Batman reaches out and breaks his neck. And that's why the laughter stops and then the light goes out. Because that was their last chance at crossing that bridge. And Alan Moore wrote the ultimate Batman Joker story. He finished it. Do you see that? Like, pause that. Pause. 
Like, it all makes sense. Like, yeah. leave it to Grant Morrison to completely deconstruct this, but like, Alan Moore, if he had been asked to do the final Joker story where yeah. Batman kills a Joker, he would not be allowed to. Mm-hmm. But it's all there on the last yeah. page. And it makes so much sense. It's the only way it makes sense. The actually. scene that I hated so much of Batman sharing a joke, mm-hmm. Batman is laughing because he finally gets it. Mm-hmm. I have to kill you. Mm-hmm. You went too far and you'll never stop. Mm-hmm. You have to die. And that's, wh- and that's why they're sharing a laugh because... In a way, Batman is broken too. Mm-hmm. Batman can't keep going if he kills somebody. Yeah. And now he's finally doing it to the Joker. And also the scene with the laughing, like I thought it was a shared laughter, but he's right. In the panels, the laughter does stop, but there's another sound effect. The sound effect, there's a police car coming mm-hmm. and there's sirens. And the so- siren sound effect continues after the laughing wow. to show you that those sounds are there. And the killing joke that Joker tells is about two prisoners trying to escape from a mental institution mm-hmm. and they say oh we can get over this uh, this big opening if I turn on my flashlight we can walk across the beam and then the other guy says I know you turn off the beam when I was halfway across Like the, and then so the light that goes out is the beam going out and the other guy ending it like that's why uh, like I always thought like well, of course, Batman doesn't kill the Joker because Batman doesn't kill the Joker, and that also because I read this recently, so this is also because there's a scene Gordon says to him because Gordon says to Batman, mm-hmm. "You take him down and you do it by the book. Don't meaning do not kill him." Mm-hmm. And so I just always figured because Gordon told him not to kill him, mm-hmm. of course Batman like that's just it. He, Batman's not going to kill him. Wow! But that ending totally. You play a little more of that. But, I, I want to hear more. Of here. Yeah, but he did it in such a way that it's ambiguous, so people will never have to be sure, which means it doesn't have to be the last Batman Joker story. It's brilliant. It's like. So for those, I mean. It's a super Walt Flanagan, my yeah. friend Walt Flanagan, he's like, I can't stand the end of that. They're just laughing. No, they're not. <laughs> they're laughing, and Batman reaches out, grabs his neck, and breaks it. And the laughter stops. It actually abruptly stops, which tells you he's just reached out and killed him. It's really obvious if you look back at it. So the only thing that's missing is yeah. a quirk or something like that. A sound, a little onomatopoeia. Yeah, but that would have made it too obvious. And I, right. know that, I know, I'm sure that Alan Moore wanted to make it. This is the last Batman Joker story. This is the inevitable end. This is the killing joke. It says it in the title. But... <laughs> If I seen it, I've been reading that book for years. I never saw that. If you look at it again, it's it's the most obvious thing in the world. And then the light switches because he's just killed them. There's no chance of them crossing that bridge anymore. Oh, that redefines that book in such a major way. And that's why it's so great. (laughs) And it's so strange because then they... Well, that would make it an Elseworlds book because he kills the Joker. Yeah, because he didn't want to. I mean, he's not... Uh, Moore likes to be able to do. He's, he's done it all. He's given you the end of a, <laughs> of the end of this conflict, but at the same time, it's ambiguous enough that any future story will just be another echo of this. I wonder how many fucking people see that. Nobody, I've never seen it. People talking about it, and as yet, it's so fucking obvious. The only person who's ever mentioned it is Brian Boland, who hints at it and then leaves it trailing. You know, and he would know. <laughs> and he, of course, he knows. Says the Joker reaches out. He, boys, he goes for his neck. And he breaks his neck, and the laughter stops. I wonder if he's ever said that on a panel. No, he's, no one's ever said because it has to be ambiguous. That's what makes it great. And it's uh, wow. so good. Yeah, at least I. Well, <laughs> as weird as I feel about playing another comic podcast on this mm-hmm. podcast, 
I know. Well, We're never it, was, gonna get it was really an interview. Well, it was really an interview with Graham Morrison. That's why, like, Graham Morrison. Yeah. Well, just as long as Kevin Smith is in the blue, or yeah. is out of it. And I do enjoy, I enjoy Kevin Smith's work, uh-huh. like, all around. I will yeah. not, never trash that man. But just, man, that when I heard that thing, I was like, wow. Like, makes, I've had that before where Grant Morrison just completely did like, something But it was instant when he said that, like, yeah, like, yeah, you're that, fucking right. That, yeah. Like the ending isn't satisfying without thinking that. Mm-hmm. Everything in the comic alludes to that, and they're, yeah. they're running through the panels here. But it's still very clear in my mind. Like I wasn't able to. I, I think I read it years and years and years ago, and it's never been available digitally. Uh-huh. So I just bought it like a couple of weeks ago, or like like a, a couple months ago. Well, yeah, they they re-released it not it. too long ago with like a recolored version, mm-hmm. as as Boland would have liked it. The, the original colors were kind of like. A bit stark and a little mm. too bright or too like contrasted, mm. so it's a lot more subtler the coloring and the re- redoing of it. So God, it yeah, it, if you've it, ever if you've ever read The Killing Joke and like this completely like changes your mind of it, like it it totally did for me. It made me think. I Alan Moore is always smarter than I think, mm-hmm. like and and that's just another proof. Well, he's of never it. made mention of that, like. Confirmed it publicly. Well, because he doesn't like explaining himself. No, either. no one does. Yeah. I know artists don't like to do that. I consider myself an artist, thing. Therefore, I don't <laughs> want to explain why we had no laser time up last week. <laughs> I'm sure people can't deconstruct that one. D23. That's it. Um, anyway, yeah, I just wanted to share that clip. I just got it. I wonder how many other comics there are like that where yeah. you, you just take something on a surface yeah. level and you miss all these signposts that are pointing to the real resolution of the story that can make the clone saga awesome <laughs> but i don't know there's only one alan moore or like mm-hmm. same with graham morrison the way he writes it like mm-hmm. graham morrison especially like he when he took on batman he was deconstructing every batman story that came before it what's, and, he, what's he doing now outside well, of batman? He, he just finished batman actually mm-hmm. he fin- yeah, i read yeah, his yeah. final batman book but i thought he was doing something on the side uh, he was working on this thing called multiversity mm-hmm. uh and he's also which is like a a big mini series that just hops around Michael from Keaton. comic. No, <laughs> no, it's a DC book that uh, hops around all the DC universe. Mm. But his finish for Batman was great. Like the last yeah. speech for Batman that's in it is where like Bat, like Bruce Wayne is pretty much like he goes through something in the end of Incorporated where he's mm-hmm. like, "I'm done, no more Batman." And but then immediately when he thinks he's done, then a new case unfolds and he can't stop and. That's the thing that they talk about how, like, Bruce has looked in this hole that he's like, he explains himself to Gordon almost, like, but in coded words where he's not actually saying, I'm Batman, but he says, I lost my parents at a young age. Mm-hmm. It created a deep hole in me. And when I looked into that hole, all I saw was anger and misery, but I can't look back. And Was that, was that where they killed Damian Wayne? Damian died, yeah. That's where the Damian died. He was like, introduced three issues there. earlier, yeah. Well, because Morrison wanted to kill the character he created, mm. uh, so no one else could, I think. But then, yeah, and then then it ends with this speech by Gordon, who says, "Like, well, Batman can never stop. Like, he'll always come back bigger and, and brighter, or mm-hmm. bigger and different, and and he can never be free." And it was just, it was kind of just saying, like, "Yeah, Bruce Wayne is damned to be Batman. Like, he always mm-hmm. will be. Like, it's not, it's not fun to be Batman, and and he'll <laughs> never be free of it." That's the thing. It was it was an interesting conclusion, and like it had a really cool cover where Batman is flying out of his own insignia on his mm-hmm. chest, 
and it just it implies like the infinity of it all. Like it's you'll just there's always Batman. Mm. I don't know. It was it was a great it was a really good send off. I also oh man a book I'm really looking forward to now. So you know how much I love Scalped, right? Yeah. So I was looking at what Jason Aaron is working on next, mm. and he's he's working on uh, he's. You know, he's doing Wolverine and the X-Men still. Mm-hmm. He's not leaving the book. Uh, but he's also starting a new X-Men book called Amazing X-Men, where he's going to bring back Nightcrawler. And mm. he's still writing Thor. And they're all great. But now he's got a new creator-owned book, an image that <laughs> I think is really awesome that Marvel's letting him do that while still mm-hmm. letting him write all these big books. And his creator-owned book to the image is called Southern Bastards. And awesome. it's like, he said, he's explaining... I'll the, eat all of that. The setup for it, Sounds like it's like scalped, but for rednecks in Alabama. Like that's why I'm into it, brother. I know I miss I, my home. I cannot wait Sometimes. for that book. Like Jason Aaron rules anyway, mm-hmm. and yeah. like also he's like a super southern dude. Like he's he. I, I always imagine. I've never this, I've never heard him. The funniest speak. bit in the scalped books in the end of scalped uh, in his afterward, he's explaining like I've lived in I've I've barely. Uh, spent any of my life above the Mason Dixon line. Like I've definitely, like he said, I never he he didn't, he just did a bunch of research on the Native Americans yeah. and, and reservations. And same with like he wrote about going to Vietnam. It was just all this research he did. Like mm-hmm. that's, but ah, anyway, he's, he's one of my favorite. He might be Current, one of my favorite yeah. writers in all of comics. He's really great. All right, why don't we talk about last week's question of the week? Ooh. Now that I've done blowing your minds. Name? Uh, it was looking up something on my computer. (laughs) Um, damn it. What was it? I cannot remember. I think it was one of those ones that you asked. No, I don't think it was. What was this laser time? Green apple cheeseburger. Oh, what? Easy. I don't know what that is. We had a freewheeling episode of laser time. That's, That's quite a weird picture there on the, on the, for the cover. I do not remember what it is. It's uh, some very sexy uh, Nintendo princesses. Ah, yes. It was video games and water slides. That's what, what that episode's all about. Uh, boy, I need to, I need to give this one a listen. Nah, we're just we're just winging it this one. We rarely, rarely Ah, Vin Diesel. What comic book character would Vin would you have Vin Diesel play? We all love Vin Diesel. He's uh, <laughs> we've all learned to love Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel. I like the new Pitch Black movie. I've never seen a Riddick movie. The new Pitch Black movie is just Pitch Black again, but with a little more money. Well, it, it looks it sure looks what, that what, way. What I, I read something about it that Universal agreed. All right, well, we're going to do another movie. We're not uh-huh. giving you a hundred million dollars at <laughs> yeah. all to do another Riddick movie. You're getting very little. Mm-hmm. You can own you and Diesel. This is your movie. You yeah. can own a little bit of it. We'll give you very little money. And they're shooting like kind of a tiny independent yeah, well, movie. That's how it sh- honestly like Pitch Black worked, and people liked the character of Riddick mm-hmm. because now I think one because Pitch Black was not it was sold as an Aliens ripoff, mm-hmm. and he was barely featured in it. Like mm-hmm. it's the po- part of the fun of Pitch Black is the surprise that he's the main character of it. Mm-hmm. Like it, it really works. Like say Evil Dead or a horror movie with a surprising survivor. Like same with like everybody knows Ripley now, but if you watch mm-hmm. the original Alien, like she's not the one you're, you expect you're to live. Me, I just bought Disney Infinity and had to unplug my HD DVD player, <laughs> which is the only format I own. Pitch Black. And Chronicles uh-huh. of Riddick on. But so then they make Chronicles really of Riddick awesome. where they're just like, 
hey, let's make him Star Wars. Like, he's the main character in Star Wars. Like, no, that doesn't work. Well, but the thing about that movie is that I've, I've read scathing criti- critical reviews, which, fuck them. Like, who cares? You don't, you're not going to be able to recognize a good superhero or sci-fi property. Uh-huh. When it's given to you, I, I understand you can you you're free to hate it. That's fine, mm-hmm. but then I've heard outstanding, glowing reviews of people who actually care for that genre of Chronicles of Riddick more so than Pitch Black, and that's what makes me so so curious to see it. It's very, confusing. but it looks so terrible. Yeah, <laughs> I watched parts of it. It really wasn't good. Well, I'm not, like they where they cast like they hired Judy Dench, and she's like, "I'll appear if you pay me, but I don't have to care." Like. Uh, okay, uh, first responder as that usual, Sir, Super Giraffe, a good old regular Super Giraffe. Mm. He says, Punisher seems possible, Deathstroke seems like a pretty good choice, Squirrel Girl is his obvious calling. Ah, yes. Let's see. Let me give him a little comedy drum. Philkin7 says uh, that Riddick is pretty much Drax. Mm-hmm. It's true, like definitely, yeah. when when they redid Drax for Annihilation, mm-hmm. he just is Riddick. Like they one hundred percent ripped off Riddick. But now I see Batista as him. I'm like, yes, Drax in the movie needs to be big. Like he needs to yeah. be a six foot eight monster man. I'm upset. Awkward loser hits upon this. I love Diesel. He knows his strengths and plays him well. But he uh, talks way too slow uh, <laughs> to play Thanos or so. I thought he was going for Thanos. I yeah. think we all thought he was going to be yeah, Thanos. he could be a good Thanos voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> he sounds like Sylvester Stallone. After getting hit with a shovel, he needs to play a force who can be cool uh, with little dialogue. So either Pip the Troll or, <laughs> or, or the Living uh, Tribunal. Uh, Cody, Living well, I mean, he's got the uh, he's got the body for uh, for the Living Tribunal. Well, Stabby Joe's a swamp thing. I, it's okay. Cody Stovall says bullseye. If a catchphrase would sound like this. Bullseye. <laughs> Ride or die. Dude, your fucking diesel gets me. Uh, uh. Let's see here. Uh, yeah, a lot of people agree he should be Groot since he'd only say three words. Uh, Batman Boy says uh, he'd like to see him as the kingpin of the Marvel comic universe once Daredevil becomes yeah. part of that. I think there's an opening. Uh, oh, oh what? man. What did I say? Well, yeah, that's the that's why like the casting the casting of Daredevil isn't wrong. Mm-hmm. Like they like if you're making the Daredevil film in 2002 mm-hmm. or 3, like Ben Affleck is a big ass star. I don't, and, I don't and, think like, he did a poor job. No. Michael all. Clark Duncan, he's a big deal too. Uh Colin Farrell, which like well, well, who I would you he, who would you hire to play an Irish assassin? I, I think he sucks, but yes. like he is having like he brings me back to like really enjoying Batman Forever. He's having a lot of fun in that role, doing doing a yeah. great job, trying his damnedest. Uh, he's doing a great job. Only yeah, I, mean, said, I can see him is, as Luke yeah. Cage, and I only find it offensive because you can't. He's, you gotta have a real black dude to play Luke Cage. I saw an awesome tweet from Mister CM Punk. Mm-hmm. It was him mm-hmm. and uh, Mark Henry, and he tweeted like, "Hey, at Marvel, Danny Rand and Luke Cage, huh?" Wow, really? Like, yeah, that'd be beautiful. Yeah, Mark Henry's just a little too bulky to be no, Luke the, Cage. Both of those are miscasting gone. I guess casting so. gone horribly wrong. But CM like- Punk needs to be in some movie. I told him 
that WWE Films needs to remake They Live, and he's mm. in the Roddy Piper mm. part. Oh, Hank. That would be so good. But who would be... You just blew my mind, They could just dude. get Keith David back to be... <laughs> yeah, you motherfuckers. <laughs> Keith David. Thanks a lot for these sunglasses, but I'm good, buddy. I'm good, buddy. Put on the glass. Oh, God. The best. The fucking best. They Live, but it's on Netflix. Everybody watch They Live. It's one of my favorite yeah. movies ever made. Uh, and I love that it's totally, it hates the Reagan administration, mm-hmm. but it's also like the bloodiest, most violent thing of the 80s. And and also like Roddy Piper is just playing himself. Like I yes. swear, that speech about his father holding a knife to his throat mm-hmm. and then saying, who's the little boy now? Mm-hmm. Like... That's a, I think that really happened to him. Like that seemed too good of a story. It, it might have. I mean, the story behind too behind real. that movie goes that he was he had so, a booklet of his of his WWF yeah. lines. Yeah, and was just and just would read them. In yeah, alternate exactly. Text. Okay, here's a John Wahizel saying Mr. Freeze in an eventual Batman reboot. That's a cold motherfucker. You <laughs> could do that. He would definitely look good with a dome over his head. I'd say. Want to compliment Pedro? But he just Pedro Bearclaw's like avatar, it. some some giant woman twerking in a bathtub filled with tricks. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, speaking of avatars, I like Hurricane. Mm. He has uh, his sig is Superman kicking someone in the balls, <laughs> like on the beach, and just like that's really. How you, that's how you could have done Zod in the movie. If Luke Cage being black wasn't core to the character, I totally love him as an uh, from. As as him, but that's a much better way to say that. Yeah, because well, I don't mean to say Vin Diesel isn't black enough, because I think he's eh. part black. Somebody fire me. This. Oh, you can't. Um, nah, well, forget it. You know what? Uh, but, but like, but part of that is him being the black who's having not a great time mm-hmm. living in New York. Yeah, well, he's he's the he's the protector of Harlem. Like yes. he's. I don't it's see the police. Specific type of black Vin guy. Diesel, uh, like a uh, Vin Diesel, famous or not, is not getting hassled by the police <laughs> with the frequency of. Uh, well, I don't know, man. If he's riding, he's having those pink slip races all the time. The cops, maybe they just can't that's catch. That's true. Him. That's true. He does live his <laughs> his life at a quarter mile at a time. But also, like nothing looked more unnatural than like a love scene between him and Michelle Rodriguez, like. <laughs> Soggy I Sage, neither Soggy of them Sage, want to be there. I'm pretty sure. Soggy Sage says Ultron. I see that a couple more responses of yeah. Ultron. I don't want anybody playing Ultron. Well, now I'm worried that the twist in event it's making me think well, this could be a crazy twist in Avengers. Mm. They introduced Vision, and everyone's like, "Yay, Vision!" And then because oh, Joss Whedon loves to just punch people in the mm-hmm. gut in their expectation, they're like, hey, he thought that was Vision. He became Ultron. And he kills everybody. I like would that. say you're right, but that can't matter happening in the same movie. You can't introduce Vision in the same movie and then turn. Him I don't know. I could say for for a sequel, they you can get it in a team movie sequel. You mm-hmm. can get away with introducing three new heroes: Quicksilver, Scarlet Witch, mm-hmm. Vision. Got those three. Like they can fit in there, though. Really, like they were running out of stuff for Hawkeye to do in that first movie. Like, the, oh, poor Hawkeye. Well, and also, like I, I read an interview with uh, with Whedon where even he was feeling bad about Hawkeye because he's like. Yeah, he was brainwashed more than half the movie. Like yes. he barely got to be a hero. He talked shit on it. I, you know what? 
use Fractions Hawkeye as an example. Mm-hmm. Have Gary Sanchez produce <laughs> a bunch of yeah. sad sackish comedies. Just make it Jeremy Renner. Yeah, Jeremy Renner can still do Hawkeye. He can still it. show up occasionally in movies. He gets his own starring vehicles. That dude is really good. At Jeremy Renner. Yeah. And fucking wasted in practically everything he's in. But it'd be a great like fifty million dollar movie. Like yeah. just make it cheap by Hollywood yeah. standards. Make it and make, it, make it, its money back. Make it make, if you wanted to try out your uh, who knows maybe your real R rated Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Just hey bro, hey bro, hey bro. I know. Hey God, bro, it was so good. I God, almost I'm I'm tempted. There's a great T-shirt on uh, on We Love Fine Tees. They got yeah. a lot of good ones, but they my favorite is uh, the recently. They have well, they have a purple one that says Hawk Guy in the Hawkeye <laughs> uh, logo, oh. and then they have another good one that's just the cover image or the um, yeah, the cover image of Pizza is my business, Pizza Dog in Pizza is my business. Like, I would like an I am great at boats T-shirt. I don't know how they had another one where it was like just the panel of him explaining his arrows to Kate, where he's like <laughs> because boomerangs, and it's just the panel of Hawkeye saying. Because boomerangs, such if you're not reading Hawkeye, what's the matter you? What's the matter about you? I break your face. That's about this cougar bonds over here. It's all right. um, This week's question, you know, I want to go back to the killing joke thing. Ah. Uh, What you know? What? Why don't we make up a twist to one of your favorite comic book stories, Mm. or like a a deeper reading of it you never got that would totally blow your mind if somebody told you about it Mm. as in say secret wars Mm -hmm. what if it was easily provable that it uh that the none of them were the main characters were the characters you love that they were clones created by the beyonder when he brought them there and then he just replaced all of them (gasps) when he sent them back from battle world what and they've been phonies the whole time That's that's the crazy twist I would think of, that would, that would, and it's it's all there. It's all there. That's why they're acting out of character. Why everybody's so easy to bring back to life. I would like to think um, the Court of Owls, mm-hmm. the one percent, are actually made up of people cast away by the New Fifty Two. <laughs> I and like they that. Are, they are all there. They've somehow established dominance within the DC universe, but have been forced uh, behind the curtain. I like that. Yeah. They have, right. have they disappeared entirely? Uh, well, he just moved. Snyder moved on to a different story. I bet he'll come back. Yeah, I'm going to dabble with the Joker a little bit and throw him off a he did a great. He did a great Joker story. I think it was. It, it was. I was very the happy problem to see at Comic Con, like the Joe's Garage version of, of Joker. Like, I don't know why that's so menacing, dude. Him in a fucking. Well, it was a nice change. Like, he'd. It was a new version of the Joker. That's just, but just the, the very, like, he's wearing it the whole time. Like, where did he get that? And why is he. Oh, something terrible happened. Well, the big problem, yeah, the, the only problem, the, the biggest problem Death in the Family, I think, suffered from was that he couldn't do anything good because, like, he had, like he could have killed Damien, but mm-hmm. Joe, uh, Grant Morrison already called killing Damien. And so I think because they knew a big the big Damien death was coming, that they couldn't kill anyone else. Like, nah, I don't kill anyone else. Let me, we're already let me ask you Damien. this, like, while we're on the subject, I... Uh, the idea of going back and reading uh, Batman Inc. from uh-huh. New 52 is not that daunting. Yeah. Uh, is it worth going back and reading pre-New 52? Well, yes, Batman because Inc? Batman... Is... 
Batman and Green Lantern are the only ones I think of that were like they're all their new fifty two stuff. Mm-hmm. The previous new previous to new fifty two counts. Mm-hmm. Like it all counts, so or the majority of it counts. So you kinda have to yeah, if you read you should just start with Son of the Bat mm-hmm. the when when Damien is introduced mm-hmm. all the way up to the end of Incorporated, every Morrison written thing. Mm. And it's just a great ride. Like it's some of it gets a little silly. The death and return of Batman is a bit much, I'd say. Is but that the caveman one? Yep. Caveman. Caveman Batman. Pirate Batman. Mm-hmm. Old West Batman. Like But it's Wait, it's skip that, brother. It's fun. Alright, you can. Well, I just looked, it's not on Kindle, it's not happening. Alright. But there's there's some really fun books and it was such a great like but are we talking about the kingdom? No, no, the Son of the Bat. That's the first one mm. by Andy. Uh, art by Andy Kubert. The it here's the start of the first issue of Grant Morrison's Batman, mm. where you think it's Batman business as usual, where the Joker is standing over Batman. He's beating him up, mm-hmm. and he says, "I did it. I'm about to kill the Batman, and then I'm going to blow up all these kids. What a great time!" And then. Batman pulls out a gun and shoots him in the face. <laughs> but then you find out that was yeah. a that was a crazed cop dressed as Batman. Uh-huh. And the real Batman like stop like dives in too late. And then like so Joker's been shot in the face like his face sure. like, and so they have to like repair his face and he's like it drives him crazy and there's this whole interesting issue or Joker explains what, what, that what he just sheds in? his skin. What like, series is that in? Batman. Oh, it just, was in the Batman regular proper. Batman comics. Mm. It starts with Batman and Son, or I think ah, it is a couple. It. Batman yeah. and Son follows into the Black Glove. Uh, you don't have to read the Resurrection of Rachel Ghoul, even though there's a couple of good issues in mm. there, uh, because it was one of those mass books where like mm. one, only three issues are written by Grant Morrison, the rest are written and appeared in the other books. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also the Black Glove, then um, there's another one in between it, and then there's Batman R.I.P., which is a really fun book, uh, and then the death of Batman in Infinite Crisis, then Dick Grayson takes over, and I thought Grant Morrison had a real good like thing going with Dick Grayson and Damian Wayne as Robin. Like mm-hmm. It was a cool, they had cool chemistry, I liked it, and that's in the Batman and Robin books. Keep reading Batman and Robin. Batman and Son, you said? Batman and Son is where it starts. That's why I love digital comics. It's already happened. Then you read Batman and Robin up until Batman Incorporated. And then Batman Incorporated takes you to the end. All the way. Mm. With Leviathan. And uh, he does something really interesting. Uh, He has a really good twist on a classic Batman character. I I really like. But, But anyway, yeah. So... Read that, guys. Obviously, Grant Morrison knows his shit with Batman. So. Exactly. Who you to doubt Grant Morrison? What the fuck have you ever done? Yeah, he's a good Irish, I mean, Scottish guy. Oh, man, the Scots and the Irish are going to be so mad at me. Sorry, guys. Uh, all right, so that's the end of this episode. But be So answer that question we talked about in the forums, please. Yeah. Uh, Chris, plugs. Uh, I want to plug Laser Time, mm-hmm. uh, especially. Man, what did we do this week? Oh, we're just fucking around uh the joke the Fun joke in the, in the subhead is everything you ever wanted to know about axe body spray water slides and um and gatorade <laughs> but it turns out uh spoiler that is a uh that is a quiz by brett elson if you can guess whether this title 
is Gatorade, uh-huh. a water slide, or Axe body spray. Wow, this is confusing. I like this. Riptide Red, like Hank? What do you got? Riptide Red? Yeah, what do you uh, got? Gatorade. Uh, I don't even know. I think uh, it is. Night Beast? You and I grew up in the land of the gators we, that, that, that it ate. My dad fucking originally tested Gatorade. He at, was one of the testers was, for Gatorade. He was an athlete at the University of Florida, the Florida Gators, where yes. the name comes from. And yes, he tested the Gatorade. And they, he was telling me about how they came about to the formula where they got it almost to taste like lemon-lime. And we were kids, <laughs> that was the only flavor there was. Yeah. Until they yeah. added orange and cherry, and they, they quickly took them away because they tasted like shit. Uh-huh. And now there's like a billion Gatorade. It- yeah, it makes it's, it's crazy to me that like, yeah, the Gatorade is just like this, at least national product. I don't know if it's sold yeah. elsewhere, but like everybody drinks it for the electrolytes. I'm yes. moving my hands like the character they says were, electrolytes. They got what, and, the plant's yeah. great. But, um,. But yeah, they like it's it's national brand, even though it's like such a goofy name. It's mm-hmm. Gatorade, you know. It's like lemonade, but for Gators, for Florida Gators. Yeah, Go Gators! It really does sound like if it, if he heard the name brought up today, it, like some rapper would be singing about Gatorade. You <laughs> got these Gatorades. I need my Gatorade. Ground up albino Gator in it with a little <laughs> bit of scissor. Uh, also, cheap podcast had a yeah. new one of those pre SummerSlam. I hope we do a post SummerSlam one. I had such Maybe a fun time better. at SummerSlam, but I didn't even want to tell the story because I gotta save it for cheap podcast. But uh, the quick, shit, just the quickly, shit you told me it was really. I'm at the great. ultimate goddamn warrior, <laughs> and the first word he said when I was in the room with him was "fuck." He shouted <laughs> it loudly, uh, and also yes. like yeah, Ric Flair. I got to meet. I got to, as we said, I got to meet the. Newly openly gay Darren Young, and I also got to watch Daniel Bryan, the bearded five eight weirdo, become well. He did win, and then he immediately lost. But the thing about him is that now he is WWE seems ready to make him the, the hero. face of the company now. Yeah. Like because, and you can tell they're doing it because of how much they've have the antagonists now saying. You can't be the face of the company. Mm-hmm. You, the, the, the hero of WrestleMania doesn't look like you. Why don't you just quit? <laughs> yeah, you're a B minus at best. You're a B plus. Be happy with that. Like when. <laughs> but that's part of the fun, at least for me, that's part of the fun of being at a wrestling event. Yeah. Because when, they, when the bad guy says, hey, stop booing me, boo! Like that. <laughs> That's part of the fun. <laughs> well, just, just, I, I'm barely into wrestling as far as you, but like, you can't not love Daniel Bryan, period. He's the best. Yeah, He's great. I, love, I think and the cra- watching I, the crowd love him as much as like I do from like, yeah. after four or five experiences with him, like, yeah, this is awesome. He's great. Yeah. I only like CM Punk more just because I feel more in common with Punk just because he's like such a. A uh, this, comic book nerd. Storyline is taking him to sh- real shithead places. Yes. Totally agree. And he loves being an asshole. He does. And he's yeah. a great... Like, he is a fucking great character, period. Mm-hmm. And I, I actually... I don't know John Cena like you do as the 10-year ch- uh, like hoarder of a belt. Yes. And to me, he's like charismatic and fun. And watching the crowd boo him mm-hmm. isn't as fun. So watching someone like Daniel Bryan, the crowd fucking loves him. I love him. Yeah, man, it's fun to watch, and you, uh, you never would have thought he would get a shot like that. But I he's hope got, he gets... he's got to shave that Rip Van Winkle. But that's horrible his thing. Castaway beard. That's it wasn't his thing. always his thing. 
But it has become his thing. But it's so gross. They're selling. It's so gross. They're selling merch. Based his fucking on it. hair is King Arthur hair is his curling hair. down would, the side. Like he just. I would cut disgusting. his hair. His hair has gotten way too long. He used to. He's a very handsome man. When he's shorn, I've yeah, like, dude. Yeah. Oh, I could. Yeah. The American Dragon. That's his name. I would totally make him my bottom. And also VG Empire guys. <laughs> that was a cheap podcast plug. All of that, by the yeah. way. And VG Empire, the video game music We're podcast. Coming back soon. F0GX just happened. Uh-oh. Give it a listen. Did it happen already? I think so. I saw a Laser Time quote about it, which makes me think uh, that uh, they, if they're quoting it, then it aired. All right. Oh, and Video Game Apocalypse. I need to appear on another one of those. It's been a while. Don't you, son? This week sounds like a good one. All right. Well, until next time, everybody... Excelsior! Excelsior!